1: because you are entering the no whining world of January Jones.
0: Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I'm January Jones, and I'd like to welcome you to my podcast today. I'm wearing one of my glitter cowboy hats. My new brand is the Glitter Granny, and as you can see, I have had all kinds of hats lined up. Each week, I'm going to wear a different one. You know, I'm approaching 80, so I figure at this stage of life, I can pretty much wear anything I want, say anything I want, and I'm hoping to do anything I want. Now, my listeners... Let me ask you a question. You know, I'm very happy to have my guest on today because I'm doing some research on him. And I found one of his mantras is ask good questions and get good answers. So that's my plan today. (laughs) Let me ask you, my listener, have you ever met someone who grew up in the entertainment world? Now, can you imagine what it would be like to have a mom who goes by the name Mrs. C and worked on happy days? (laughs) Do you wish, ever wish, or ever thought you could meet someone who would be featured on Welcome to the Chippendales? Ah, that's interesting. Would you like to meet someone who is an impressionist extraordinaire? I watched him on YouTube, and this man is amazing. He does impressions that are drop dead right on point. Amazing to watch. He is also a comedian, actor, and he's a voice artist, along with so many other talents. Would you like to hear what it's been like for him? He's worked with people like Julia Roberts, Al Pacino, And let's not forget director Ron Howard, who we all know. If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I'd like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Today, I'd like to introduce you to my guest. He is an actor, as I told you, impressionist extraordinaire, Voice artist and improvisational comedian, that's a hard word for me, (laughs) best known for his work on Whose Line Is It Anyway? and Impress Me. Currently playing Colonel Sanders in the popular KFC commercials, as well as George Washington Crossing the Delaware
1: Turnpike
0: (laughs) for Geico, which is an incredible thing to watch. And his that actual that commercial <laughs> led his mother to claim that she is now the mother of the father of the country, which is incredible. He's going to be portraying Phil Donahue, who was one of my favorites in Welcome to the Chippendales. I'd like to welcome to the show today Jim Messinger. Hi, Jim. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing good. Uh, thank you for having me on the show, January.
0: I'm ha- so happy to have you, and I, I I love it that we're both wearing hats
2: today. <laughs> and we're both wearing a lot of orange, too.
0: Well, you know, actually, that's what happened. I put the shirt on, and then I thought, well, what hat will I wear today? And it just screamed orange. <laughs>
2: that's, that's how I get dressed, too.
0: Yeah. Tell me where your hat came from. What's your theme?
2: <laughs> where my hat came from? Oh, yeah. it's it's just a it's just a head covering. <laughs> it's nothing fancy.
0: <laughs> okay. I cover not, my
2: head quite often these days.
0: It's not part of your Hope for brand, is it?
2: <laughs> a little bit, I guess so. I mean, I wear a hat a lot of the time, so you know, it's usually just a cap or a, uh, sure. something turned turned around backwards. Yeah.
0: It's been so much research, fun researching you for the show and seeing you are just an amazing person. Um, before we begin the show, let me ask you one question that I've been asking everyone who comes on. Mm-hmm. How did the pandemic affect you? How did it affect your career? How did it affect your personal life? Any thoughts on that?
2: Yes. Well, it, it had a huge effect on me and everybody I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, We didn't suffer terribly. uh, uh for work because I do a lot of work from home anyway. I'm a voice artist. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that I, mentioned I do the voice of Colonel Sanders, which is true. I've been <laughs> doing the Colonel Sanders voice for quite some time. And I you can do just about anywhere. So uh, I did that from home.
0: I love it. I love it. Just do that. Any moment you feel the urge.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I generally do. Things. And then yeah. I, I do audio books as well. I've, narr- I've narrated quite a few. Uh gosh, over 100 audiobooks at this point, and then that's something that I can do at home. But I did feel very uh, frustrated and disappointed uh, in the way that the whole pandemic uh, kept us locked down, away from one another, separated and isolated, and I, I felt for my fellow citizens and my fellow artists who couldn't perform, who couldn't do holiday gatherings, who couldn't go to funerals, Mm-hmm. Or or weddings during this horrible time the kids that uh, you know had to stay at home and, and try to socialize at an early age uh, without being able to be with other kids really physically I, I just I think it was a disaster you know and, and so the effects of it I think we're going to be feeling for some time but for me it was I, I mean I work I was one of the lucky ones I was able to keep working we had a fine we had a fine year overall or 2020 and 2021 was fine also but mm-hmm. uh I know that my I, I you know I look around when I drive around even my neighborhood I see the many many empty bu- buildings businesses that were once you know st- struggling or thriving businesses whatever are just gone mm-hmm. and that's that's horrible I also see a great deal of homeless people on the streets and mm-hmm. uh, in my area in Los Angeles and I I can't help but think that that too was a result of of how this uh was handled. So not Mm -hmm. to be a downer, but it was a, it was terrible, terrible. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and I think it's just something, you know, I I always talk about it on the show because I like to ask people how it affected different people, different areas of the country. And I, I call it the pandemic pause, which we were all forced to take. Some people come on the show and they say it was just, blessing if you can believe that and that caused them to step back think things out redo make a new plan but then for other people it wasn't so easy to do and i think there's repercussions across the whole country uh it affects every industry in the country and it pretty much affects every family in the industry or in the country don't you think
2: a hundred percent january absolutely
0: I know. I know. I I hope. I hope. I pray I think we're coming out of it. And um I think things I, I'm always the optimist, okay?
2: <laughs> yes. No whining. No whining.
0: No, no, you, know, you got There's, a, there's
2: a something got... I remember similar sort of thing that I remember reading about uh uh I think it was I think it was Game of Thrones, but it might have been might have been Lord of the Rings. Anyway, one of these huge epics where they have you know thousands no. of extras that are dressed in battle gear and have to be smeared with mud and blood and and, yeah. and uh, somewhere in one of the tents where these men and women were being made up every day, which basically consisted of them getting up very early in the morning somewhere in England probably and being <laughs> smeared with cold makeup, and there was a sign up on the on the on the tent wall saying, no moaning.
0: Oh. <laughs> and I would have said, no whining.
2: <laughs> they, were, they were even tighter then. They didn't want to hear your moaning.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, That's for sure, especially at those hours of the morning. You know, I've been having so much fun researching your career, your life. And you grew up in Hollywood, obviously, because that's where your mother worked.
2: Well, well, well. actually, I mean, not uh, to be picky and uh, not Hollywood proper. I mean, Hollywood is down the road from us about a half an hour. I'm in the suburbs of the San Fernando Valley. I'm a valley guy.
0: OK, well, we lived in uh, Westlake Village Yeah. for 40 years and we were always going in, into the valley back and forth. And so it's not I agree with you. It is not Hollywood. Yeah. It's actually probably a pretty nice place. For someone who's a child of Hollywood to grow up, don't you think? Because you're a little bit more anonymous there.
2: Oh, absolutely. And and uh, I was anonymous anyway for years because I didn't it wasn't my career. But yeah. yeah, it was a we had a very uh a very horsey kind of environment too, there were a lot of equestrian stuff going on in our neighborhood back in the sixties where I lived. I still live in the same house that I grew up in. I went away for a long time and that stayed in the family and I basically Uh, My mom gave it to us uh, to live in when we moved back from New York City. I raised my daughter here.
0: I love hearing that because we were in Westlake Village for 40 years, and one of our daughters is who was born there is still living there with her two twins. Hmm. Isn't that great to have been someplace that long? I love it.
2: I'm very grateful.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
2: we just redid our kitchens. Other than that, we haven't changed it a whole lot. So (laughs) it's a very, very comfortable place. And I, you know, I've spent so many years here. I just I feel like I know every inch of it. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. we we could have done a lot worse. Mom, uh, among the many things that she did uh, right and generously, uh, was that she she provided homes for both of both of our my my sister and I.
0: Oh, what a wonderful thing to hear, and you know it's exactly what you would expect her to do <laughs> and, and we all grew up with her and, and in yeah
2: oh, excuse me
0: okay, I love yeah. what you did that uh, commercial of Washington. <laughs> And then she comes up, well, if he's the father of the country, I'm the mother. How cool was that?
2: Yeah, Um, Washington crossing the Delaware Expressway for GEICO. Yeah, it was a fun one to do.
0: That was brilliant. Now, when you do these commercials, how much input did did you have when they were filming it? Were you involved in it?
2: Well, I you know they had the script and they and then they tried a lot of things and then I pitched some things so yeah I think one of the lines that I improvised actually made it into the final spot so usually on commercials they're they're uh, grateful if you have any kind of idea to try to especially if it's humorous and so the you know they can they can burn a lot of they're just going for thirty seconds they can burn a lot of uh, tape as it is
0: and And then back to editing speaking of commercials here's one for my book Thou Shalt Not Wine which Jim doesn't do. And uh, if you'd like to have a wonderful gift for Christmas, this is a great suggestion.
1: Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com.
0: Share with our listeners, please, if you would, your contact information, how they can get your. Uh, I don't know if you, you you do have some books now, don't you?
2: I have some eBooks connected to a course that I offer in how to be a working actor, and that's oh. available at JimWorkingActor.com. Yeah, I put together a, a series of videos and eBooks about uh, how to start with your acting career, how to maintain it, and keep it growing. I've been an actor for 35 years, so well, I, I've learned many lessons, and I learned a lot of lessons from my mom, Marion Ross, as well. Mm-hmm. And I put it all together in a course with videos and e-books. And there's also a course about voiceover for people interested in getting into voice, voiceover, and a, uh, a course in even in, in doing impressions, because I know there are a few people out there interested in that. So that's I- all available at JimWorkingActor.com.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay, we'll put that down on the bottom of the screen during the show. Now, when you look at this whole situation, what would you say are the pros or the cons of the working and growing up in the environment that you grew up in?
2: Well, mostly pros. I mean, uh, as far as I, I got a great education by being able to observe my mom, a working actress who, you know, was a struggling sort of actress, doing mm-hmm. guest star spots, commercials, small roles in films. Uh most of her early career. She did have uh she was on a soap opera for a little while, so that was a steady employment. But most of the time she was, you know, hunting and looking for the the bigger opportunities and being quite dogged about it. Yeah. And she was inspiring that way. So I watched that development. I mean I didn't really have a choice. We lived together. She after I was about eight year years old, she was a single Mom, my folks got divorced, so oh. Marion was raising myself and my sister alone, yeah. and without much help, and uh, also pursuing this this career, which mm-hmm. eventually turned out to be pretty phenomenal, and, yeah. and definitely rare. So, growing up in that environment, I observed that uh, I wasn't always happy with it, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, it was eventually when it when it became something that was very positive for mom and her career really started to slowly ascend. Yeah. Uh, That was really good because obviously we had our physical needs met uh, much more easily. And uh, but the best thing for me is that I learned how to be a, you know, how a professional operates, how a professional actress or artist of any kind Mm -hmm. uh, interacts with other people, how they build their career, how they keep, you know, you know, you understand this January because you would, you inspire people not to whine. (laughs)
0: yeah
2: <laughs> a lot of actors a lot of actors and you know i've been guilty of this myself it's it's easy to complain about uh the i don't know the sort of desperate things that happen in the sort of uh long periods where you're unacknowledged for what you do uh, the uh the uncertainties and all that and it's easy to tell stories and to whine and to complain and and it almost feels cathartic but it really at the end of the day it's not nearly as cathartic is actually getting busy and doing something that might result in a job.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
2: yeah. I, I feel like I I got a really good education in that because my mom was not one to sit around and complain at all. She was one to get busy and do things. And she would, you know, for example, doing a play in Los Angeles, especially, is is kind of a thankless uh, pursuit. Uh, you'll you'll get a small audience of people. It's a tremendous amount of work. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not not very glamorous either in a town that is really devoted to film and television Uh, it's not New York in other words so she would do plays and I knew that was a lot of hard work but she did it because it fed her her creative spirit Uh, and it also provided a way for people to possibly drop in and see her and get interested in her for something a little more lucrative so I learned a lot from her and and but the best of it is, yeah, that that I realize that the the career of of an artist depends on the artist, their gumption, their um, uh, ability to figure out what they want to do and to push forward their initiative and their their efforts.
0: You know, having lived out there for forty years and having so many friends who were in the industry and neighbors and kids and whatnot and watching it all. It is such a tough career. Let me tell you, I've watched it from the sidelines. And the part where you deal with rejection, that can be just horribly uh, difficult to deal with. And uh, these people, you know, they're that one, they knock down, they jump up, they go back to that next audition. And uh, it's an amazing group of people that I've grown to love, admire. And um, I think it's wonderful that we've been able to have so many of them share their story with us. Because lately I've been reading, I love nonfiction, so I'm reading biographies all the time. And a lot of them are stepping forward and saying, hey, this is not a cakewalk. Don't you agree?
2: I do, I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a challenge, but... That sort of makes the wins when they come along uh, even more more sweet and, and and fun. When you book a job these days, it's like a miracle because <laughs> the competition is so fierce. Yeah. and uh, you yeah. know nobody nobody owes you anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, It's a very youth-oriented market, always has been, and that you know always is working against anybody, no matter what their age is, because you begin to slowly age out of something a lot quicker than you think you are. So uh, yeah, it's it's, but again, it it is such a thrill then to actually pull something off that it it outweighs (laughs) to some degree the uh, you know the evaluation. I also I think anybody in life has to learn that the opinions of other people. Uh, can be very can feel very damaging but they're really only damaging if you accept them uh, and so you know it doesn't matter what industry you're in there are going to be people that are going to try to take you down a peg and are going to find fault with what you do or just be snarky so <laughs> one one has to learn uh, as quick as possible you know uh, that the opinions of other people are that they're entitled to that's totally fine but it doesn't really reflect on on you at all, uh, I find that most people when they're very when they're being very critical, it reflects mostly on them. It's something that they have sort of unsettled uh, problems with, or or you know some weakness uh, in you know because especially in the arts, you know?
0: you know. You're sounding like you could maybe switch careers and become a therapist. <laughs>
2: Well, I do like to help other people. I, uh, I I'm, a minister. I'm a minister. So I uh, some perfect. some uh, applications that
0: we're going to take a break now. And for my listeners, would you like to hear about my theory who killed Kennedy? Who do you think has the motive, the money and the means to commit the perfect crime of the last century?
1: Let me ask you a question. Are you still wondering, who killed Kennedy? Over 50 years later, the assassination is still a mystery. It is unfinished business for our country. Now, get ready for a theory that you've never heard before, but will make more sense than any other conspiracy theory that you've ever heard in the past. January Jones speaks the unspeakable in her book, Jackie, Ari, and Jack the tragic love triangle connecting Jackie and Aristotle Onassis romantically prior to JFK's assassination. Did you know that Ari was Jackie's guest in the White House during the JFK funeral? He was the only non-family member who was invited by Jackie to stay there during the funeral. Aristotle Onassis was one of the wealthiest men in the world with the means, the motive, and the money to order an assassination that was the perfect crime of the last century. Ari needed class, and Jackie needed cash. They were perfect for each other. Now, what is Camelot? It is but another tragic love triangle. Jackie, Ari, and Jack is available at JanuaryJones.com, Amazon.com, and Audiobooks.com, read by Ms. Jones.
0: Welcome back with my wonderful guest today, and it's exciting. All of my books, with my theory that uh, happened 60 years ago, and we're still asking who killed Kennedy, have all been coming out in audiobooks. And I know Jim, you do audiobooks, and this is amazing what's happening with the industry. Uh, Audiobooks—that's where it's happening, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it seems to be a growing field. That's what I'm always being told. Uh, and I work steadily in it. And uh, my daughter also has become a very good and uh, busy audiobook narrator. In fact, she's probably narrating something right now in her own home studio. Uh-huh. So uh, it's a, it's great because people are on the move. They're on the go. They want to keep being educated while they drive or while they take long hikes. And uh, I think it's great. I listen to audiobooks, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how it's evolved because I was thinking audiobooks, but you know, what's this all about? Well, it is. It's a thing that's happening. And your daughter is in the industry. That's three generations. I know your sister wrote for friends.
1: That's right.
0: So you have a whole family that has been involved in this industry. What advice do you have for people who are listening, young people? Hey, old people. (laughs) who want to have a career, and I know you have programs that they could follow. What could you say to people who are considering this career?
2: Well, the first thing I recommend people do is to sort of you know, observe the television shows and movies or stage plays possibly that they see that they feel like a very strong attraction to, that they feel like that would be the kind of role that I'd love to do. That would satisfy me and be very interesting to me to do. Mm-hmm. And it takes a little bit of self-reflection to kind of sort that out. Like what, what part would I really like to play?
0: Uh-huh.
2: And uh, uh, and to kind of uh, make a little bit of a list, you know, what sorts of roles do I think I'd be good for? And then start to, in some small way, create on a role like that yourself. You can either, if there's a television show or a movie that you've enjoyed watching a certain character in, you not you memorize a little speech of theirs, you know, and, just, you don't have to perform it for anybody, but just put it on its feet in your own home and, and give it a try and feel what it's like to play that sort of character. Or look mm-hmm. for opportunities to, you know, to present things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of actors get their start in in just in doing theater plays. These days, it's also very easy to videotape things. And wow. whether you share it, with, decide to share it with someone or not, yeah. you still have the experience of creating a character. Behaving like that character, maybe saying things that that character would say and record it for yourself and then check it out. Look back at it. See if it's most people will notice a disparity between what they think they're doing and what actually <laughs> they wind up with. And yeah. that's an important thing to note. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Our body, you know, we feel a little different inside our bodies than the way that we look outside of our bodies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: And, you know, with uh, like this show will go on YouTube and then there's Instagram and there's just so many opportunities out there that are just all new and very exciting. When you look back on your career, I know you've done just about everything. What really, when you look back, was the most uh, favorite, your most enjoyable thing that you did?
2: Well, I usually say, and it's still true today, actually, I usually say Apollo 13, the uh, Ron Howard directed film about the Apollo 13 mission. That was a a great experience. First of all, it was a big movie. Yeah, I worked on it uh, for about a month, which is a good long time
0: Mm -hmm. at
2: Universal. And uh, I learned a lot just by researching and studying what the the space program was like, things I didn't know at all. Mm -hmm. And so that was of, of great interest to me. It's a big subject, space travel. So uh, I I found it a very expansive kind of thing to think about and learn about. Mm -hmm. And also, I like being part of a film that had a really uh, terrific message. And the message of that film to me is that human beings, when they work together, can solve even the stickiest of problems. (gasps) And uh, that's different from the themes of most movies today and even most movies overall. I mean, we don't. Experience that kind of story very often, but this was a true story and, and that's the message that happened. I think it's a very well-told story, so that message comes through very well and people really go, you know, that I know that if it's on, if Apollo 13 is on, I have to watch some of it because even though I've been exposed to it from many, many different angles, both being a part of it and, and being an observer and an audience yeah. member, I'd still love to hear that story being told.
0: I mean, it's it's absolutely the most positive favorite thing out there, and it, it it proves and it teaches the fact that anything can be accomplished, and that if you set your mind to it, you can do anything. I know I was very fortunate. My first husband was a test pilot and mm. after he was killed testing I was fortunate enough to meet the three astronauts that went stepped onto the moon or were driving around the moon how exciting did you get to meet any of the astronauts
2: I did I got to meet Jim Lovell okay. who was the, the subject of the film was played by Tom Hanks uh-huh. and yeah. I also got to meet uh, two two men who had been young men in mission control basically doing the kind of job I was pretending to do. Yeah, actually, actually doing it. Uh, Two gentlemen gentlemen that uh, were always on the set as consultants, so you could ask them questions any time of day. And uh, they were very gracious about it. And, and uh, very, you know, very heroic characters, indeed.
0: Oh Yeah, 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 they're, they're the real deal. (laughs) So exciting. Right now, we're going to take a break. And let me ask you a question. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Well, I'd like to share with you some of the most unforgettable people who have been on my show. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems? People who have struggled to find solutions? People who fearlessly shared their stories? molestation, runaway kids, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, and starting over. Then there are my guests dealing with difficult physical struggles such as blindness, cancer, and birth defects that are beyond traumatic. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They have amazed, amused, and even astonished me. I have adored getting to meet them, and I adore sharing them with you.
1: Attention all listeners. Priceless personalities, success stories shared by January Jones, Volume 2, is now available at Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle editions. You'll be able to meet 10 amazing people who will be sharing their own personal stories with all their struggles, successes, and solutions, sprinkled with lots of humor and hope. Priceless Personalities features a teenager who becomes one of the famous Supremes from Motown, a nurse who as a humorist helps people to heal, an inspiring laughter yoga instructor, a mother dealing with the loss of a child, an incredible motivational speaker, a woman who married five times, a gifted paranormal nurse, a wise economist, a funny female humorist, along with an older man sharing his sweet childhood in the Deep South. January's guests are all amazing and amusing. You will never forget meeting them. Go to Amazon.com for your own priceless experience.
0: Welcome back with my wonderful guest, Jim Meskinen. Now, Jim, uh, what prompted us to book you the show was the uh, blurb about Chippendales. Mm. <laughs> Please share with our listeners what that involves and what are your future pro- pro- projects? What's coming up for you now?
2: <laughs> my future problems are, are many. Uh, yeah. There's a, a limited series on Hulu called welcome to Chippendales. Yeah. And that is, uh, it's just rolling out. Now my episode released uh, last week and I play Phil Donahue
0: and, uh, <gasps> Oh, you know,
2: I uh, had to do some research on Phil Donahue because when he was in his heyday, he was
0: there.
2: Uh, he w- it was in the nineties, and I was watch. I wasn't watching much TV. I was walking around New York and and working <laughs> on my own. So, but it was a lot of fun to play the role. And uh, Chippendales dancers were there. I spent a lot of time with some very sweaty men. <laughs>
0: Great. <laughs> but it's, a,
2: it's a it's a good series. I, I I've watched parts of it, and it's. It's very engaging, very very okay. interesting, and it was it was fun to play. I've played famous people a lot. I played Johnny Carson for films as well, and oh, uh, on yeah. television. Yeah. And uh, so the talk show uh, talk show people are are not unknown to me. Uh, people oh. that I have absorbed in my childhood still come out every now and then. My like Colonel Sanders <coughs> the same way is somebody I would have heard of quite a lot when I was growing up. So. It's fun to replay these characters, especially, uh, when you have a, you know, makeup and a set and a nice hair piece and get to really portray someone famous. It's fun.
0: How long does it take to acquire the ability to do, do you study films? How do you get to the point where you can actually impersonate them?
2: Well, it varies, you know, as you can imagine, it depends on who the character is and, Mm -hmm. uh, For instance, I played uh, Senator uh, Gurney uh, in a show about Watergate earlier this year called Gaslit with Julia Roberts and Sean Penn.
1: Wonderful.
2: Yeah, and Senator Gurney was not a a guy who I was familiar with, even though I'd watched a lot of the Watergate proceedings when I was a kid. You know, it was it was on all the time. And I remembered many of the famous figures from that time. Uh But his was a less known face, less known voice. Uh, so I had to kind of you know, poke around and, and, and I, I never really felt like I, I got a good, uh, dose of what he, you know, what this guy was like, because there wasn't, just wasn't much footage available that I could find. Uh, mm-hmm. so I created, I created a kind of a, based on what I knew about him and his background and so forth, I created a character and, uh, and that's, that's what it turned out to be. It was a lot of fun working with Julia Roberts and Sean Penn, I can tell you. Oh,
0: how, how exciting would that be? Um, and of all the people you've impersonated, what kind of feedback have you gotten from them? Because I'm always curious about what they think when you actually wonderfully do this.
2: <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, I've not gotten a lot of feedback, so I don't expect to hear from Phil Donahue, uh, Ron Howard, Ron Howard, who I also uh, I like to imitate Ron Howard because he's uh, he's a very gifted speaker. He's very uh, uh, you know, he's he's got his own master class, which was terrific, which I've watched, and uh, and I've I've been exposed to his style for for many years uh, when he was a young man, all, yeah. all the way up to present day. Uh, but I know that Ron has heard my impression of him, and he's very gracious about it. So,
0: <laughs> well, you you do it so well. I think anyone that you would do it for impersonate would be honored <laughs>
2: to be uh, try chosen. To be, try <laughs> to be respectful. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, of course you have to be respectful Yeah, you don't want to cross the line there um, So when we're talking about all these famous people That you've worked with, Julia Roberts Al Pacino, oh my god I, I How exciting was that?
2: Uh, well, the, the thing with Al is uh, <laughs> you know, I enjoyed him on stage uh, When I lived in New York Here's another actor that didn't rest on his laurels for a second, he always was working, doing (laughs) plays. I understand that Al Pacino likes to, uh, when he's in his off time, he likes to memorize a role in a play. I think that's just so great. He's always like putting himself through. He's like, I don't know. He's like the Tom Cruise of the spoken word. He just, he just is incredible about how he is diligent about continuing. And we saw him in many, many shows in New York city. And you know, that's hard work. It's just hard work. And, uh, Compared to being a film actor, which is yeah. relatively simple or easy, you know, and you're, you're being coddled a lot. And you can, if, if you are, are doing a scene and you need to break it up into 18 pieces, you can do that. You can't sure. do that on stage.
0: Yeah. And you can, you know, you can tell when you're watching him that his true love is mm-hmm. the theater and the stage. And he's so incredible. He is amazing. And as tell us a little about what it was like to work with Julia Roberts she's so lovely
2: she is lovely it was it was great i i uh I, you know i was sort of a, a little bit aware that you know she's it's hard not to be aware that she's like a major iconic yeah. expensive movie star <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah she she's real right deal.
2: <laughs> yeah you don't want to interfere or create any kind of friction or anything and the the fun part was that I got my character, Senator Gurney. Uh, yeah. She was playing Martha Mitchell, and I get to grill oh. her, you know, uh, very savagely uh, yeah. from the, uh, the Senate dais, this congressional, or I guess, this congressional courtroom. And um, it was it was a lot of fun. It's, it's unusual to you, I didn't really meet her much beforehand, or I met her mm-hmm. briefly, but I didn't get to socialize with her at all,
0: mm-hmm. and or
2: get chatty or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, we're in this scene where I'm, you know. <laughs> Behaving
0: here we very, <laughs> very,
2: very badly, and then afterwards she was just going to go, and I had to kind of run around and, and and catch up with her and say, oh hey hey thanks that was really that was really fun and
0: uh, yeah so my
2: mom says hi and you know stuff all the kind of uh, warm and human things that you'd want to say to someone like that.
0: Oh wonderful. Yeah, what a fun time you've had with your life and your career. Um, Everyone asked about your mom. We hope she's doing well.
2: She is. Thank you. She's just turned 94. (gasps) And she's retired, obviously, and uh, uh, enjoying her her estate. And we see her all the time. And she's just doing well. She's always quite happy when I talk to her.
0: Yeah, you know, for our listeners, I'm I'm just turning 80, and guess what, guys? You can do a lot the older you get and uh, the more you put yourself out there. I know sometimes it's hard. Sometimes older people tend to become very reclusive. Now, I always ask this question for my guests. Now, if you were able to choose someone to have dinner or lunch with, uh, aside from me, who would you choose
2: to spend your time with? That's a very good question. You know, uh...
0: Me, I, me, or your mother. Okay. Yeah,
2: right. I get to spend... I get to have lunch with my mother all the time.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Uh,
2: you know, maybe Groucho. Groucho would be a lot of fun, I think. And uh, the great thing about Groucho is he's very amusing, but he also has a tremendous amount of experience. So he'd be able to tell you stories till the cows came home, or maybe before the cows came home and then maybe you could, you know, ride around on the cows. So the great groucher, I'd I'd say that's, that's my answer today. Ask me tomorrow. I'm sure I'll have another one.
0: Oh, I, I, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it, who to pick from? You have so many experiences with so many people. I'm so glad you could take the time to spend with us today and visit. Um, I, you're fascinating. And again, I want to tell our listeners, go to YouTube. This guy is incredible. I, yeah, and
2: if you- if you go to YouTube and just look up Jim Pressions, that's kind of my handle on YouTube, Jim Pressions, okay. you'll find uh, more stuff. Now, I'm in front of, you haven't mentioned it, but I'm in front of the celebrity fortune cookie backdrop, and this is what I do every day. I, I, uh, I pull a fortune cookie out of a, out of a bowl, and I read the fortune in a different celebrity voice. I usually have a wheel here where I spin and I get a celebrity name, and so I do that 365 days a year, and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: Okay. Yeah. Let's promote that for sure. Celebrity fortune cookie. And thank you so much. And for my listeners, I'm so glad you could join us today. Next Tuesday, live at 2 p.m., I'm looking forward to hosting Dr. Ellen Albertson, who will help us get ready to embrace the new year 2023. My 79-year-old thought, almost 80 for the day, is do you have trouble parallel parking? (laughs) Well, my solution to that, as I've been doing that since I got my license over 60 years ago, and my solution is just keep driving and then go park somewhere else. So there you go. (laughs) I'm signing off from the Rhinestone Hat Lady, and it's been wonderful to spend our time with Jim. Thank you for entering the No Wine Zone, and please share our stories with everyone you know. And remember, stop whining and then start smiling. And if that doesn't work, then you can just go out and start eating chocolate Lots and lots of chocolate during this holiday season. Thank you, Jim, again. And we look forward to having you back anytime.
2: Thank you, January. I appreciate it.
0: This was fun. To my listeners, take care and stay safe until we meet again.
1: We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Story. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra. If you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life. All you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends. We hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity, plus connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember... Your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones.